0: Oh, is it me? Probably. That's why you're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Library Coven, a bi weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language, and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kelly. And today we have a super special guest joining us on the podcast, another author interview. Would you please introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, um, my name is Katie Michelle Quinn, and my pronouns are sheer, and I'm a little hoarse right now, sorry. I am a person who is queer and writes things.
2: Can you tell us about your upcoming novel, The Girl in the Walls, which comes out June 1st?
1: Yeah, um, so Girl in the Walls is kind of a long time coming, I guess. It's It's a coming of age story kind of that is a retrospective of me looking back on my childhood and trying to make sense of it and I did that by writing this kind of lightly fantastical story about a you know, young teen discovering their own queerness in kind of a surreal way.
0: I loved the I love the cover art and everything and for know, it, it's incredible yeah. and it, it just gives off this like slightly gothic y horror vibe. So I'm looking forward to
1: reading it. Yeah, it turned out so good. I'm really impressed. I I asked them to do something kind of in the style of Edward Gorey, and I feel like they nailed that.
0: Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit about your writing rituals, and if you have any, and if there have been any changes with the pandemic, or the panini, whatever you
1: want to call her. The panini. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that in the email. That was so cute. I guess my writing ritual is basically just writing regularly. That's um, the only way I can complete things is to kind of do it in small daily chunks. I'm not very good. Some people are. I like sitting down and just just whole story, whole novel, whole whatever. Um, but I'm very much like 500 to 1,000 word chunks, you know, usually during my lunch hour. And yeah, besides that, I don't have a ritual, per se.
0: That's okay. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just like getting the words down, you know? As long
2: as you get it out there, that's really what's important. (laughs) Um, we saw from your Instagram that you have a cat or maybe multiple cats, and we would like yes. to hear more about your cat or cats.
1: <laughs> yes, my partner and I have three cats, and they are all tuxedos, so they have either black or gray fur and then white bellies, and they're all pretty chunky right now, so their bellies hang down and wiggle when they run, and yeah. We love to funny. see it. Well, yeah (laughs) if you follow me on instagram i'm sure that's probably mostly what you're seeing (laughs) is cats um yeah their names are indiana and cricket and winter very
2: cool um how long have you had them
1: i kind of inherited two of them indiana and cricket when i started dating my partner and then we got winter shins about two years ago. So, yeah, but Indiana's 11, so he's older, but I've not you know, been around him that whole time.
2: Very sweet. Jesse has a cat
0: that sometimes shows up on the podcast and makes meowing. You can, like,
2: see a cat tree in the
0: background.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I <yeah>. can. <laughs> I know I'm not at home right now, otherwise I'm sure they would be on my lap and like trying to block out the camera.
0: <laughs> as they do, as
1: they do. Yeah.
0: I'm um, we're curious how you come up with ideas for stories. I mean, you mentioned that um the girl in the walls is a little auto fiction.
1: Oh, yeah, a little. Sorry, I wasn't trying to get you off. Oh, no,
0: that's it. that's it. That's the question. How, you, how do you come <laughs> up with ideas? Where do they come from?
1: Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people ask me that. I mean, I think you're right about saying a lot of it is autofiction in the sense that it is drawn from my own emotional experience, not often my literal experience. Besides that, I think when I really got into structuring stories, I was becoming a part of the community that kind of writes bizarro fiction and kind of weirdo horror stuff. So I learned to kind of take that concept and then swap out the details with something that was metaphorically similar but added strangeness. So... Like with my first book, Winnie, instead of a literal story about someone transitioning, it's a story about a gun that turns into a woman, you know? So those sorts of like pretty obvious, I'll, I'll admit, <laughs> metaphors, but I you do know, they speak to me. I think sometimes... Sometimes the obvious is overlooked because it is obvious and not always given the time it takes to really. I think I like to write the obvious things because it doesn't seem like a lot of people are, if that makes sense. Um, Especially when we're talking queer narratives and queer horror.
2: Speaking of horror, can you talk a little bit about writing horror and what draws you to the genre? And then maybe a little bit about how you write scary things meant for a younger audience.
1: Yeah, I, I, I am interested to see what I say for that. Um, I think for the first part, I write scary things because I was so scared of them for a long time. I was raised really conservative and Christian and Protestant, so kind of this mythos of the devil and demons and these powers that are hiding in anything that seems dark. So I think the reason I'm attracted to that now is I kind of got over that fear and began to incorporate that in myself as a redefining of both myself and that ideology that it was raised with. Yeah, and then as far as writing for a younger audience, I'll admit I've never intentionally done that. Even with you on the Walls, I think I'm really glad that it's being, like, marketed towards that and, like, given that lens because that's something that I wouldn't have been able to bring to that myself. But I feel like the things in it that are scary are scary really no matter who you are or what age you are. Because they're things about personhood and, like, sanity and identity and things that a lot of people at all ages question or struggle with or whatever word you wanna use. So I hope I hope it does connect with younger folks. So I think that'd be cool.
0: What was the publishing process like for you? Did you do the typical route of like querying an agent or were you, cause we just did some interviews with folks who are um... Um, publishing with an independent press and I know some of the presses that I've seen that your books come out with sometimes are like smaller indie presses so I'm curious can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah Um, I have been lucky to fall into that gifts by a million people honestly Um, I've attended BizarroCon which is the convention in Portland that a lot of bizarre writers gather annually, and I've just been lucky to have people find my ideas interesting and want to publish them. Otherwise, I, you know, probably wouldn't be here on this podcast because you wouldn't know anything about me. Um, Yeah, I I don't know that I have anything helpful to say for that, except it's like form community where you can.
2: That's excellent advice. (laughs) 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 What thoughts do you have about how we can be generative in relationship slash conversations with each other as readers and writers and publishers? Maybe not as much with publishers, but like readers and writers.
1: That's a good question. I mean, I think when you're a writer who's put something out there, it's really difficult unless you meet someone and talk with them in person to really understand that they got out of it, you know? It would be called out of a forum that kind of brought those two sides together, for lack of a better word. And social media can do that in a way, but I really think, kind of, obviously, right now with the pandemic, brick and mortar kind of gatherings are few and far between. But I think they're important in the sense that you get to have those conversations with writers and readers, and whether you're one or through whatever you you get to you know just bounce. it's like when I went to college almost and like workshopping <laughs> um you get to like talk about those ideas and have people give you a little more candid response than they may in a facebook comment mm-hmm.
0: and you get like the whole thing con- like communicated to you like the emotion and the tone yeah and it's not just like emojis or text on,
1: totally. or like a reply totally. totally and that's powerful i mean i've only had a few experiences like that but it makes me glad that i you know did the thing that i spent the time doing that
2: are you part of like a writer's group that gets together and workshops things or is that something you've done in the past?
1: Um, in something I've done. I'm not currently a part of that. I think there's a group of writers that I work on a lot of collections with, but it's not like we're workshopping per se. Um, yeah, I'm pretty solitary in my process to the fault. So I kind of avoid avoid sharing things until I think they're done or like unless I'm explicitly working with someone on editing or piece.
0: What are you this is a little bit of a change of tone in the question. Less in like the nitty gritting of the writing and more just like (laughs) Hi, you're a person. What are you you reading, watching, and listening to
1: these days? Oh, lots and lots. Um, I don't have a lot of friends, so I make up for it by watching and listening and reading. I guess I'll start and kind of go one to the other.
0: Yeah, any Uh, laundry list, and we can put links and stuff in the show notes. So, like, whatever comes to mind.
1: Yeah, as far as music, I've been listening to a lot of hyperpop. Like, you know, Charlie XCX, and it's kind of the more famous example. I also love country, and I've always loved country, you know, whether it's pop country or like old time music or whatever. And that's kind of what I play a lot in my own personal music stuff. So, I'm always listening to that, too. I also love metal um hardcore. There's a lot of cool hardcore stuff going on that's really queer and ironic and, you know, real. Like, seeing Space Cowboy and who else. I mean, I love gloss. They're not around anymore you know, there's people saying stuff that's, that I find important in expressing that anger musically, me and I connect with them. As far as watching, I've actually been really into sci-fi for the first time in my life, so I've been, like, watching Star Trek for the first time, and... Yeah, event horizon, all these things that I kind of missed out on until now. And also just kind of the random horror movies I find that look fun or interesting or campy. Anything that, like, characterizes itself is gory. I love splatter and gore.
0: So's Jesse. (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yeah Any, anything that just has like swaths of red flying across the screen is cool by me I <laughs> am um, <laughs> trying to think what else I also love sitcoms like I've been revisiting a lot of sitcoms I grew up with and coming across plenty of like shit Yeah, did they age? How did they age? Yeah, exactly. Luckily, I aged better. (laughs) I actually watched through Will and Grace for the first time um, since being a kid. And that was a unique experience. But, you know, I also find a sense of calm and Things that can be pared down to twenty minutes and have you know fun little instrumentals at the end of every line. Same.
2: Laugh tracks.
1: Yeah, I, I love a good laugh. Track.
2: <laughs> I can't I can't
0: with a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I just think it's so. I don't know, surreal in a way <laughs> to have a laugh track on there. Um, as far as reading, I have been hopefully for the first time reading NK Jenison, And she is blowing me the fuck away right now. I'm reading, what's it called, the fifth season, I think. And it is so, so good. Um the science side I've kind of had trouble reading, but I'm glad I found a book that kind of got my interest again, and her language is just what I aspire to. So beautiful and self-aware and measured, but not necessarily concise. I'm um,
2: speaking of horror. Uh, I don't think this was a question we sent, but um, do you have any recommendations for someone who hasn't watched or read horror before that you think was like a good entry point to horror for people who Mm. might be like scared to watch or read it? (laughs) Asking
0: for for myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I think it's hard to give like, one answer to that because at it, point there's so many different types of horror, so it really depends what you're looking for. Um, as far as what I would recommend, I think watching a lot of Jalo films um, like Dario Argento and You know, the the Fulci, the Italian directors in the 70s and 80s that made these really stylized, often kind of crime-based stories, but not always. um, kind of the precursor to what we call slashers now. I think those, those are a good place to kind of discover where a lot of horror comes from. So in that sense it may be a good place to look into, at least. Otherwise I would just like Google horror movies about insert whatever you want to see a horror movie about. Because it's probably out there.
0: Nuns.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nuns. Leprechaun. Oh, yeah, there's, there's
2: a movie called Leprechaun, Kelly. <laughs> there you go. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. It's oh, all. Chucky! it It. (laughs) i think i've seen
2: more horror than i realized i think you have yeah (laughs) i personally didn't find it that scary but i thought it was going to be really scary
1: (laughs) yeah well that's the thing is i think a lot of horror isn't as scary as it is just entertaining
2: kind of build it up in your head a little bit (laughs)
1: Yeah, and maybe that's me reading my own experience. And I, I mean, I didn't watch horror movies until I think I was after college. Like, I was too scared <laughs> to watch anything intense.
0: The closest thing I've watched recently that's horror was the trailer for The Nun. And, oh, is that uh, a movie? Yeah. And I yeah. was like... I was like, I knew that there was a jump scare coming in this scene in the trailer <laughs> and I like still scared the shit out of me. So, oh yeah, like, oh, well, jump okay. scares
1: get me. Every time I to
2: cover my eyes during the trailers of horror <laughs> movies at the movie theaters because they give me nightmares from the trailers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doing their job.
2: Oh my God, yeah. Who do you talk to about books and why is talking about books magical?
1: Hmm. honestly, not a lot of people, um, so this is kind of nice to, to do that, um, publicly, anyway, uh, mostly my partner, yeah, uh, my partner reads more than I do, and they are a courageous reader, to the point where they're, like, If a book is shorter than 200 pages, they usually finish it within a day. And I do not get that because I am slow and it's difficult for me to focus on reading often. And, yeah, besides that, I mean, I think, you know, when I would go to conventions with a time, I would talk about books a lot. But it's been a minute. So, yeah, not really many people, honestly. And, and books, too, are in such a unique phase in the sense that they're, and I hope I'm not offending anyone by saying this, but like kind of an obsolete technology. Like, they're paper and print, and most things nowadays are not even that. You know, like even your builds, you can usually go paperless and stuff. I think it's harder and harder to find people that still appreciate that in a way. Bookstores, you know, small bookstores are a great place to talk to people. Um, But I'm not really a talker in general. So <laughs> it's hard for me to like go up to someone and be like, "Hey, books," you know. Oh yeah, I cause... would. Me either.
0: <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> <laughs> it took Jesse and I yeah. months to talk to each other about books, and we met at the library. And I was checking out books every time I talked to her. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So introverts here, we get yeah, get it for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh, and then why are they magical? Or was the question why is talking about it magical? Maybe,
2: you could answer either. If you However you want to take
1: it.
0: <laughs> maybe it's not magical. To, maybe it's, I don't know, science fictional instead. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have a literal belief in, like, magic. But I think what's magical about it is, you know any of setting intention is like an investment in yourself. And it's cool that you're able to make that decision to grow in a way. And I think gardening wants to water your, your brain seeds or whatever you want to say. Um, and I just think that's so cool. Like, when people are able to take their own path in learning and becoming a person. And, I mean, the other thing is for me, reading really developed my sense of who I was and what I wanted to do. So that's really magical. 100%. Yeah. That's an
0: excellent answer. Excellent. thank you thank you katie yeah thank you for listening to the library coven we hope you've enjoyed this interview with katie michelle quinn we'll put links in the show notes for where you can find her book when it drops the girl in the walls coming out june 1st 2021 and how you can find katie on social media until next time stay magical